The Mariners are in San Diego. They took the first game against the Padres. Logan Gilbert looked really, really good, and the offense was kind of hit or miss. What has it been like for the Mariners recently, and what can we expect out of them in the future? We'll talk about all of that and more in this episode of the Hit It Here podcast. Hit It Here podcast episode number 11. Joe, what's going on? I don't know. I just like a boonts thing, and I'm, I hope no one looks at me, and they're only looking at you. I'm good, man. I'm glad we caught a dub in the first game of a two-game set after a day off, and we get another day off on Thursday after the game today. So much days off for our guys. I don't want to watch more Mariners baseball. I'm kidding. I do. What the, what's wrong with the schedule? I don't get it. But you said offense was hit or miss. Four runs. I know. That's you know what. That's like a record for this team right yeah, now. Yeah, pretty I good. Mean, to, start, to start the game, other than the that first run that was scored with JP scoring. I don't know, man. I mean, they they got to Musgrove. They got to his pitch count early. He had which eight was Ks, nice, right? Through five? But he had eight Ks. Okay. Which is yeah. standard for the Mariners, right? Just swinging at anything and everything that they want to with no regard. No regard. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, sure you've, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the graphic, right, of, you know, the top five strikeouts and or strikeout hitters in baseball right now you said you watched the video that i made from the stream highlights i put that graphic in there so yeah, i was driving <laughs> i was driving yes, okay I, I saw i saw the graphic, I saw the graphic. okay <clears throat> anyway you need to call julio teoscar hernandez gino and jared kelnick striking out a lot we yeah. know this this is not uncommon knowledge they're swinging at pitches fifteen thousand feet out of the strike zone yes it, it, we we know this by now but and that i mean has that been the bane of the mariners existence so far yeah i would say especially against you know a team like the rangers who the pitching staff hasn't been very good but if they're able to get hitters to chase like these guys they're gonna be all right and the mariners got shut out what twice they only got shut out once in texas but they almost got yeah. shut out twice right yeah well it was garbage innings so the first game was two nothing second game was 16-6 and the last game was 12 to three so mm -hmm. they didn't i don't think they scored off of Ivaldi. they might have scored no. one i don't remember but uh, one yeah they scored one in the first inning right yeah and then whatever so it's just i get how, what you're saying about the hit or miss and i think it was it was later in the game where they scored in yesterday's game they scored the they tacked on they played the mm -hmm. add-on game because the padres came back and they scored one, and then it was tied for a little bit, right? And then the Mariners added on. Yeah, and it was, I mean, Teoscar hit a absolute missile out to center field for mm -hmm. his 10th home run of the season. It was like a, it was, I mean, it wasn't a bad pitch either. It was a changeup kind of low in a way that he hit the home run on. Okay. Out to dead center field. Ty France also almost went deep. Uh, Julio. He, he doubled, right? He doubled. Uh, yeah. Okay. He doubled yeah. off the left field fence. Yeah. Got it. Almost went out. Almost went out. And then julio's home I saw, run i oh, saw the hanger goodness yeah yeah so it was nice i mean that was the first time i think the mariners had homered since might have been the first game of the yankee series hey what's up it's me a bobblehead from foco yeah you can get any in-stock bobbles for 60 percent off right now over at foco.com until thursday june 8th at 12 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to grab your bobble with the link down below in the description and make sure to use code MARINERMOJO10 at checkout for 10% off your order. Shout out to the Bobble Bash and shout out to FOCO. I'm not gonna say the offense was good because it wasn't good. I mean, realistically, the Mariners, should the Mariners have scored more? Absolutely. They The first run they scored was all two out hitting, which for some reason, I feel like it's the only time they scored. No, they can string hits together is with dude, two outs. I think, that, I think it said they were... Oh, it was in the Rangers series. I saw this graphic pop up on screen from from Root, but maybe like sixth in all of MLB in RBIs with two outs or something like that. Yeah, 
Yeah, sounds right. So mm-hmm. the strikeout rates, I mean, do you think that's a problem for the rest of the season? Like going forward, the, those guys specifically striking there, out as much as they are? There's, I would say, one guy that I'm the most concerned about, and it is JK, because the strikeouts are starting to to pile up a little bit. And I don't know if it's, you know, the league catching up to him, him slowing down because he got off to an astronomical start for himself. And I don't know if there's pressure there to try and keep up that pace, but you can tell that he his approach is, I think, he's kind of getting away from himself, I think, a little bit. And if I'm Scott, how do I kind of manage that? And they've shuffled the lineup a little bit here and there. You know, JK moved up to the three spot. He led off in the final game against the Rangers. But that was, you know, there's circumstantial things there. I wouldn't be surprised if Jared is hitting fifth, maybe sixth for a little bit here to see if that kind of puts him back on the right track, get him out of the four spot. I think he's still having he's still having a good year. It's just, it's starting to get to the point where I'm like, okay, don't get in your own head. Please just go back to April, figure it out. Because he's the least proven out of those guys that are the high strikeout guys. Gino, we know what he's capable of. Teo, we haven't seen it a whole bunch, but he's shown glimpses and we know what he's been able to do in Toronto. And then Julio won rookie of the year for a reason. So that's kind of my, my idea around the strikeout rates. Is there someone else you have in mind or is that kind of where you're at too? I, I agree with that. I think that overall, Jared has actually been kind of bad recently. Sure. Like pretty bad. He's been, I think he over his past like 15, maybe 20 games, he's hitting like 160. Sure. Or something like that. But if I, other than Jared, I don't know, man. Gino. Gino is just. Has, did he have bad ABs tonight or yesterday? Yeah, he didn't look great. He truly did not look great. And I love Gino, but he's missing pitches right down the middle, like mm-hmm. 90 poo. You know, they're throwing 90 poo down the middle and Gino's swinging right through it. And Dang. I don't know. I mean, it's it's something where, again, Gino got off to a slow start in 2022. Yeah. And we know that his last couple years in Cincinnati, he wasn't great. Yeah. But he, he, he surprised me. I don't know about you, but he surprised me in 2022 with how. Oh, 100%. He definitely well, he surpassed my expectations. If I had to go back to my myself at the beginning of 2022 when we acquired winker and gino i would have flipped their stats maybe not give Mm -hmm. winker as many home runs but in terms of overall production my head would have been i mean a lot of people's minds around that trade was winker was the premier part of it and gino was the baggage and it ended up being the opposite right is this you know was that just like a flash in the pan or how is how it was working i'm not ready to write it off yet but it is I, I, I would understand why it's starting to become concerning for some people. I think at the beginning of 2022, I remember specifically texting you and saying, I think Gino's cut by trade deadline. I remember Whoa. that specifically. I remember saying, I don't think Gino's going to be on this team. I don't think that he's going to be worth the money they're paying him. He's striking out too much. And I will full-fledged admit that I was incredibly wrong. Yeah. And at this point, I have no reason to not believe that Gino's going to find his way out of this slump and he's going to go on a hot streak. But... My worry is the Mariners don't have another option at True. third base. If let's say Gino does regress, and let's say Gino is not 2022 Gino, but he's more 2021 Gino, mm-hmm. the Mariners don't have another guy to put at third base. Dylan Moore, not a great option. You know, yeah. Caballero, not a great option. At least not an everyday great option, right? Right. I think he he's played really good defense over there. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's not going to Cabrian Hayes himself into the lineup every night because he's the defensive wizard. He's not Nolan Arenado, right, with the glove. But he's played a really good third base. And I think his value there alone, yes, it's, you know, not never a guarantee that he's going to continue to make these plays, but 
I think that level of consistency of play over there at third could be enough value there, where if his offense isn't what it was last year, you just shift him down in the lineup maybe a peg or two, and you hope that Cal or Tao kind of step into that role where it's the 30 home run, you know, 85 to 90 RBI guy. And I think both of those guys, if they go on a hot streak, are capable of it. But you said it yourself. You're not ready to write Gino off that he can't go on this hot streak yet. It's just when and if it doesn't happen, those options, like you're saying, are very, very limited. And whether or not we see him get more days off with, you know, more being healthy and Caballero showing that he can, you know, be a spot start at third or just fill in for a day or for, you know, half a game, you know, get Gino a little bit of extra rest. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens as well. So, I don't know. Yeah, and in terms of guys that have been really, really good and been on a hot streak, Logan Gilbert. We got to talk about Logan because he was on fire again uh, yesterday evening against the San Diego Padres. Seven innings pitched. I think he gave up three hits, maybe a run. I think he walked two. Walked two, struck out four. Sounds right for for that part of the line. Logan has been, like, sneaky good like don't get me wrong everyone knows he's been good yeah but i think he's been a little bit better than i expected obviously take out you know his last start that he had against the yankees yeah his his highs have been really high and his lows have been really low i -hmm. think is the issue with where some people might be undervaluing gilbert in terms of where we're at with his development and where he's at in terms of maybe his spot in the rotation i agree with you i think he is kind of being undervalued in that way but it's hard to not see those blow-ups and be like where where what's happening in those moments but you kind of forget about all that tonight when you go seven innings against the san diego padres albeit they're not performing as well as they would like to but you can tell the there's the power and the star power in this lineup and logan gilbert was able to handle them pretty well to you know yesterday evening yeah and and then he was able to hand the ball off to andres munoz making his way back from the injured list and my goodness i know you weren't able to watch it but he looked incredible up there pumping a hundred he front door to slider on someone i don't remember who it was maybe brandon dixon front door to slider that looked oh my goodness he he looked like vintage andres munoz from what we saw from last year tell me joe like he hasn't missed a beat how the hell did the mariners trade dan altavilla and austin nola for andres munoz luis terenz taylor trammell and ty france how did that happen chills how chills he did it again he did it, you know, a couple years ago. But that's a great, you, you know, they took Nola at his peak at a position of a, you know, premium at catcher, and Padres needed that in that moment. And they're like, here, take some goods that we don't really need right now. And it has turned out to pay great dividends for us as the Seattle Mariners tie. He's been a cornerstone for us at first. And Munoz, when healthy, has been a top five reliever in baseball. Yeah, and he signed that super team-friendly deal. And I I looked at it. uh, Going into the trade deadline of 2020, Nola had like a 150 OPS plus. Yeah. Ever since since he went to the Padres, 86. Yeah, he's been buns. Bad. Yeah. Bad. And that's why they had to go out and sign Gary Sanchez, who's been bad throughout the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. So I think that now that now that players are trying to get healthy for the seattle mariners it's it, i mean it looks good dylan moore obviously coming back we had someone in some guy on our twitter earlier today telling us the mariners don't have depth they have more depth than they have in the past few years yeah. so steven Souza jr isn't starting a game out in right field for you this Please year justin upton God. isn't playing left field for you this year so i think that heading back dylan moore albeit sam haggerty going down which other people were telling us how is this possible why don't they send ford down 
who's had eight at bats. Yeah. If that would, uh, I mean, he also you can't send him down. You just DFA him and he'd leave. He'd have to get DFA'd. Yeah. So yeah, Haggerty has options and Ford. I think just he fits the mold of the roster better because mm-hmm. you've got four outfielders plus a fifth if you want to count Dylan Moore because he can go play the outfield. You don't need Sam Haggerty if you've got Dylan Moore. They play the same role. It's just last year when we had both, we didn't have someone more fitting for the roster at that moment in time, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm happy with Haggerty going down and getting some reps because if anything's gonna be gonna be good for us and for Haggerty is that he's going to just get into his groove and when we need him, he can come back up and be a spark plug like he was last year. But I think the biggest I know we're talking about Dylan Moore. Munoz going back to the bullpen, I think, just makes that makes the pen so much more deep. And it's already been really good this year. Yeah, we lost Gott in this transactional thing because he's going on the injured list. But with a you know back three of Munoz, Seawald, and then if Brash has his head screwed on right, Topa being amazing, Spire's been really good. Saucedo, you know, he had a, a little bit of a hiccup in Texas, but so did everybody else. And then <laughs> what, Flexen just there kind of chilling with the boys. You know, if God's not injured, Flexen gets DFA'd. We all know that, right? Yeah. He, he lives made it to see another, another day. day. Yes. Yeah. It, it's Survivor. He was not voted off the island quite yet. But his what what do they hand out in Survivor? Like or like even like the bachelor, like roses, you know, he's not gonna get a rose eventually. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like Survivor, you get like a million dollar check. No, but like when you get voted off. Like do you get Oh, when you get voted off, they snuff out your torch. Oh the tribe is Yes, yes. So that, you know. That'll happen right. eventually. When Gott comes back, don't be surprised. Do you think that Jeff Probst would be down to snuff out Chris Flexen's torch? Because I'm down. I think if you, you think he's on cameo, we could like maybe like at, you know set that up and be like once Flexen gets you DFA'd. Imagine? <laughs> I think honestly, I think Flex will probably be gone by the time Murphy comes back. I think Murphy will come back first. Oh, that's a good point. Gott. I forgot because Murphy I completely forgot about Murphy. Forgot start. <laughs> All right, guys, that's the end of the podcast. Um, Thank you for watching. He uh, he started his rehab assignment just the other day. Yeah. I don't know how – I mean, maybe by the time they get back home, maybe at the end of the Angels series, or maybe even when they, the start of the Angels series. I'm not sure how yeah, much time they – Yeah, because, I mean, they, Munoz they made, what, three appearances in Tacoma? Mm-hmm. And then and Murphy – yeah. yeah, Murphy's already made one. I don't know if he pitched in yesterday's game, if, if the Rainiers were playing. But I know in Munoz's last appearance, Murphy set up to him. So – right. Yeah, if it's going to be three, you know, two, three outings, yeah, you're right. Flexen's going to be gone before Gott makes his way back. Or, I mean, I don't know, is Festa long-term in the pen? You know, where are they at with Festa versus Flexen in that situation? Like, do you feel like you need a more long-term guy with, you know, Wu and Miller maybe being a bit more of a question mark than you would have hoped? Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Well, yeah, and it sounds like with, you know, with Marco going out for the next, you know, 15 days or whatever it is, mm-hmm. who's going to be staying in this rotation, I think is what they said, for he's going to make another two or three starts, and then they'll reevaluate. Yeah. So, I'll be interested to see, you know, how Brian Wu looks at, in his next start. I think his next start would come against the Angels, correct? It would. yeah. Yeah. I think it'd second, be the first second game, game. or the first game? First game. Something like so, that. So... Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it'll be interesting to see, but with Wu, I mean, you might need, if, if, if he's anything like he was in the Texas game, which, who who the heck knows, because the Texas was just such, like... It feels like an anomaly. It feels like it was not even this year, and it yeah. was literally two days ago. <laughs> it does not feel like it happened. 
Yeah, so maybe a long guy in the pen and Flexen might be the right guy to have just in case Wu doesn't pitch well again. And at that point, we'll know, hey, this, I mean, he needs more time regardless, in sure. my opinion. I think mm-hmm. Miller does too, but Miller has, he's just got thrown into the fire and yeah. they're like, figure it out. And he did for a little while and now he's kind of gotten hit around a little bit and we'll see how he Adapts. comes back from that. Mm-hmm. But Marco going on the injured list, the good news is they said that it has nothing to do with his UCL, which he had Tommy John on back in 2010, I think it was. Sure. Which is good. Marco's not. I might be wrong. 13 years ago? Man, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, Marco's you know on the older side, but damn. <laughs> Maybe I could be very wrong. I don't know. But needless to say, Marco. No UCL damage. Ideally, is has no UCL damage, no Tommy John. It looks like for him anyway, mm-hmm. and he should be back in the, you know, maybe by All Star break. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, and I, I, again, is Marco better than Brian Wu at this point? Who knows? We don't know. We'll have to see how Brian Wu does the next couple of starts and see if Marco is, you know, the guy that could come back and give, give him you six innings. Start. Yeah, but a guy who is having Tommy John, Joe. Poor guy. Jacob Degrom. Poor, poor guy. It's that's tough, dude. I saw that. Did we see this coming? Did we see it coming? A hundred percent. Maybe yeah. <laughs> not Tommy John, but the injury. You know, it it was, it was written within the contract. It felt like, and I don't know. It's hard though. He's so broken up in the interview, like talking to reporters about it, and that's just something that just breaks your heart because mm-hmm. he's a competitor. At the end of the day, you you want to see the best in baseball be able to give it their all and not having the opportunity for that. And yeah, it's in the same division. You might be calling us bootlickers for oh, we're Rangers fans now. Shut up. That the the way that the Rangers are playing, if DeGrom is healthy, that's a really good team. Right? And it's just it's just a big blow. And yes, they've been playing well. They've done it without him for the last, you know, month. Will that be sustainable? That's kind of the big question everyone's asking about the Rangers. And whether or not, I don't know, is is like, is DeGrom done? I don't really, it's it's hard. Verlander's come back from Tommy John like that. So I would, you know, think DeGrom can do it, but yeah, it's a I big mean, blow. If I'm the Rangers and he's done, could you imagine they had the Prince Fielder thing where mm-hmm. he was just done after that big yeah. contract? And I, I think, I mean, DeGrom, let's face it, is probably the best pitcher on the planet when he's healthy. When he's healthy. Yes. Problem is, he's hardly ever healthy. And, again, the Rangers had to know that going into signing him. And we all knew it as around the division. But it just sucks to see. It was the same thing with Altuve when Altuve broke his hand. Yeah, it's a division guy, right? And you're like, oh, well, for our chances, this helps. But at the same time, Altuve is good at baseball. And you want to see the best product on the field every time you go out there. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, seeing Jacob deGrom hurt again, I mean... The baseball fan in me is bummed because watching him pitch is a treat whenever he can pitch. 100%. And, but again, then 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 you go over to the Mariners fan side of me, you're like, okay. You're looking at a Rangers team that is, what, like 20 games over 500 or something ridiculous. Yeah. Literally hitting like the 1927 New York Yankees, the Murderer's Row Yankees mm-hmm. with Babe Ruth, Garrick, etc. It's like, you ask, is this sustainable? The answer, in my opinion, is no. Yeah. They, First of all, they needed to be nerfed somehow. <laughs> Nathan Avaldi has been Jacob Degrom since yes. Jacob Degrom went on the IL, but Nathan Avaldi has his own injury concerns every single year. He's Correct. another guy who cannot stay healthy. So, 
And the, the offense, I mean, if you think that Jonah Heim is going to hit 550 with runners in scoring Dude, position, I saw year, that pop you're up. Crazy. I was that. I thought it was a glitch. I thought it was like <laughs> a misprint. No way someone's batting over 500 with runners in scoring position. Every time I see it with like Gino, I'm like, oh, Gino's hit like 330 with runners in scoring position. Let's go. That's so good. And then I see Jonah Heim. He's like, hold my beer. I'm like, what is going on <laughs> with that Rangers team? And, you know, they're 900. Leody Tavares is hitting 300. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, we've talked about it. It's unsustainable. And there there have been people, listen, I got flamed. All right. I got flamed on Twitter. I did. Because I said the Mariners have been better this year than they were last year. And statistically, that is correct via their, their record. And people are like, well, they're not going to go have another 14-game hitting streak. And I'm like, you're right. Correct. I even said in our stream. Then I'll put my bank account on the fact they're not going to have a 14-game hitting streak. But, winning streak. Or winning streak. But they're already better than they were last year. They don't need a 14-game winning streak to meet their expectations. Am I saying the Mariners are going to win the division? No. No. At, at this point, with how good of a start, it's like, it's like the Rays, for example. Are the Rays going to win that division? Probably. Even though that whole division is really good. Are the Rays going to win that division? Probably. Are the Rangers going to win this division? Probably. Because... They got off to such good starts, insanely unsustainable starts. They'd have, they'd have to have a historic drop off now mm -hmm. for it for them to not win the division. But if you're the Mariners, you're like, okay, well, shoot, the the Rangers and the Rays are both gonna win their respective divisions. The three wild card spots, right? The people are like, oh, you're just playing for wild card. Welcome to baseball. Playoffs are playoffs, baby. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Phillies last year. Were, were they, you know, the undeniable best team in the National League? I would say the two, te I would say two teams got eliminated by the championship series teams, the Phillies and the Padres. People would have bet money that it was Braves, Dodgers, and the championship series to go play whoever was coming from the AL. A lot of people would think it was the Astros, and they would have been right. But playoff baseball, playoff any sport, is a completely different ballgame at that point. You. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can take anything from the regular season, but when it comes to a two-game set, a five-game set, anything, it's not related at that point because whoever gets hot at the right time can go on a run. And mm -hmm. Bryce Harper willed the Phillies to the World Series, basically. Yeah, and I don't think teams want to face, like in a five-game series, the teams don't want to face Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert. They yeah. don't. Why would you want to face those three? They're some of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Why would you want to? That gives the Mariners a massive edge. And you know that you're towards the end of the season. Those guys can go out there and give the, give you their all instead of trying to keep a little in the tank for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am by no means discrediting what the Rangers have done or, what, or discrediting the slow start the Mariners have been off to. Yeah. I mean, offensively, they've been bad. But mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is, there's still a hundred games in the season. And how are you people just so miserable all the time? <laughs> Have some fun with the team. I get that. It's a it's, baseball game. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, root for them when they're losing, but like have some hope. Have some hope that these major league professionals can turn it around. We're not looking at John Josso playing first base for us anymore. Right. We're not looking at like James Jones in center field. Like we've got, legitimate ball players now this isn't the you know awful 2010s teams that we're looking at anymore there's legitimate talent all around the field it's just sometimes it's not clicking and it just so happened that everyone they they synced up for those that understand what that means and 
<laughs> it just it hasn't been working. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Are they going to figure it out? I sure as heck hope so. I I don't know if what what kind of trades could possibly be coming. And it's so interesting from day to day. If the Mariners would have lost this game against the Padres, I would have been interested to see, like, our reaction during this podcast. You know yeah, what I mean? But they won, and completely a, different reaction. It was a fun game, and that's just baseball day to day. You can you can be mad day to day. Just remember, the Mariners went seven and three on the homestand, and then they went one and five, and everyone's like, the one and five, they're terrible. They just went seven and three mm-hmm. against the Yankees, and they're like, oh well, they beat the Oakland Athletics. Everybody plays the Athletics. Welcome to the 2023 schedule. Yeah, like you got to beat the bat. You just have to play who's in front of you, and you know talking about that last year the mariners weren't beating those teams out in front of them that they should have been and yes you're looking at last year and they played a lot better against teams above 500 they haven't managed to do that yet and that i think is going to be a true test but everyone's got to play the athletics everyone's got to go play the rangers everyone's got to play the game you know like you're gonna just have to play whoever's in front of you and you got to put up the best baseball that you can mariners happen to take the first game from the padres whether or not they take the second game We'll find out, but game two is going to be a fun one. We just faced Nathan Navaldi, the AL pitcher of the month. And now the Mariners get to go in and face the NL pitcher of the month in Michael Waka with Woo! George Kirby on the mound. It'll be a fun game. It'll be an interesting game to see how the Mariners can get to Waka. Obviously they didn't do great versus Navaldi. They weren't bad. I think they got him out in like the fifth or the sixth to get to that Rangers bullpen. But at that point, the game was already out of hand. So it did not matter. Yeah. But this, the, the Padres offense, when on paper, should be a hell of a lot better than the Rangers offense. It's not, Mm-mm. but it should be. And so George Kirby versus the Padres offense or Michael Waka versus the Mariners offense. I wouldn't say I feel good about the Mariners chances, but I'm not like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. Like I, mean, I was against Evaldi. Kirby just came off a great outing against the Yankees. If he's continuing to carry that into this start, George is feeling good. I've loved what I've seen out of him. And I like if Logan can do it, George can do it too. Only time will tell with the Mariners versus Michael Walker. We'll find out in just a few hours. That's going to do it for this episode of the Hit It Here podcast. From Joe and Colton here at Mariner Mojo. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.